Welcome back to, quite frankly, seems like a long time since we've done this, but it really wasn't that long. We had Monday yesterday off because of Memorial Day, but we were on Saturday evening, so it's really just been since Saturday. It's just two days. It's just pretty much like the weekend, the normal weekend, Saturday and Sunday, was displaced by 24 hours. But, you know, routines and all that stuff. I'm so happy to be back with you guys and gals. It is nearly 7 o'clock. It's 6.58 p.m. on the East Coast, and we're going to have a nice final broadcast in May. We have a returning guest that everybody loves. His name is Richard Barris. Dick Barris. That could be like his, uh, his detective name. So Richard is on peoplespunditdaily.com, the most accurate pollster. He's got his finger to the pulse of everything that's going on outside of what everybody else is just lying about, with, especially if they're in the polling business. And that's really the crux of what I wanted to talk about tonight, and that is the believability scale. What is it right now? The bullshit believability polling. That's what really uh, Rich does for a living these days. He is into really figuring out how much of the bullshit American adults of voting age, and I guess sometimes just general polls as well, just for sentiment and all that stuff, but what Americans are feeling and how they are receiving the nonstop deluge of nonsense that is thrown their way. So we'll, we'll talk about abortion, Ukraine, election security. That's pretty much about the primaries and all the craziness that people have seen already in Pennsylvania and Georgia. And uh, I don't know. I, I, I like to know what he, what he thinks about the World Economic Forum, too, as they continue to make the most unbelievable statements, unbelievable declarations and projections out there while we're over here chasing our tail, chasing our genitals. That's what it feels like. But um, had a great weekend. Because the weather was good, got to do a lot of stuff to prepare for the yard, and I had some nice um, company that came by for the holiday yesterday. The baby was so happy, and she was just running around squealing with her her cousin Charlie, who was about nine months older than her. So it was just awesome to see them have those those cousin interactions that we all used to have when we were younger. So that made it all work worth it from my perch behind the grill. And I just loved watching the whole thing go down. So glad to be back. Glad to be back. I have a lot of great things to announce. And um, and we're going to have a fun time this week. If you were not around for Saturday Night Show, which you should definitely go listen to. Because it was just me and my brother Anthony co-hosting. And it was a real fun time. We had a couple of good laughs. We just talked about this and that. One thing we announced, though, is that tomorrow night's show in Queens has been canceled because the headlining act, their lead singer got COVID. Not only did they cancel their gig there at Bar Freda in, uh, or Frida in Queens, they canceled their entire tour because someone's got the sniffles now. That's just, I can't believe that people are still canceling entire tours because of three to five days on your back. I just, I, I don't understand it, but 
That's not happening tomorrow. So you have me for the full two hours tonight. You have me for tomorrow night as well. There is no afternoon show tomorrow because nothing, after pushes come to shove, nothing has been disrupted. And Anthony is going in for a uh, little bit of a procedure on his ear on Friday. So we're kind of going to be on, on the shelf for a couple of weeks while he recovers with that. And um, and then we will, I think the first thing we're going to do is put a night uh, a broadcast performance on the books here from the studio. So going to be doing a lot more music streaming, even though it seems like the, the scene is loosening up a little bit more on the live performance end so there you have it no off days this week i will just be sitting here with you i want to thank my sponsor for this may 31st 2022 and that is bluemonsterprep.com now everything i always say about blue monster stands for tonight they are essential they have unmatched customer service and you got to go check out what you can fortify your home with or your secret fallback location you know, uh, you know, it, it's just good. A lot of you have summer locations or getaway houses in the woods, whatever the hell it is, wherever you would run to in an emergency to isolate a little bit more, make sure that place is stocked up with food, water filtration, um, radios, that's that's two-way radios, and also um, transistor radios so you can, you can get any kind of important updates that may be shooting out on AM during downtime. Whatever it is, go to bluemonsterprep.com, use promo code FRANKLY. But I just want to put it out there again, or put it out there in, as, a, as an update, because this has been happening now. Also understand that since military operations have started, or I, I should say, been inflamed in Ukraine, and this deliberate, I don't know, bottlenecking of all supplies around the world, there has been a shipping delay and there's going to continue to be that until we find a way to to work through it now traditionally with blue monster prep for food we're talking within a week the shipping process starts but now it's it's grown it were a few few maybe about a month and a half ago it was around two to three weeks that's the last time i got a little bit of shipment of food myself now it's up to four to six weeks so just know if you're still out there and you want and you need to be doing stuff prepping-wise, don't give up. Call Pat and Gina, talk to them, uh, let them know what you need to do, what you're looking to do, and just understand that you have to have a little bit more patience. It's um, That's just where we are right now. So go and check them out, call them up, and you can see the squeeze is on. All right. With that being said, we go forward, and I have to announce... That on Saturday, I had the absolute pleasure. No, no, Sunday. It was Sunday because Saturday night, I counted all of our Tip Stream Super Chats toward our give our giving to OurAmazingGrace.net. So as of Sunday morning, from the viewers alone, from you the viewers, we raised $1,010.26. I said I would match the first 500 so we gave... $1,510.26, which I evened out at $1,511 because Give, Send, Go didn't allow, for, didn't allow for fractions. So just an incredible response. And they have already, Scott Shower already wrote back and, and thanked everybody in this audience for, for this just, um, it's a breathtaking giving. It really was. Thank you all for being a part of that with me, and I'm glad that we got to do that last week. $1,500. 
and well, it's going to go toward good. I also had an incredible response to both Friday night shows and Saturday night show, especially Friday night show with Zoso dude though, and 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 the book club afterwards. I'll I'll be right. Here's another great thing. Uh, this uh, a viewer of the show Dan said, Frank, you know what you should do? You should raffle off the books that you use for book club. And I said, you know, that's going to be a great thing. That's absolutely, abs I will do that. Because I want to start doing more, quite frankly, super chat raffles with like relics from around here and other things. So whenever we complete a book for book club, I'm going to give away the book I use. It has all my highlights and all of my underlining and all of my marks and stuff like that. So I will be eventually giving away my windswept house during that raffle. And I'll, I'll get myself another copy. I definitely want another copy in my house, but I will give away my marked up one for sure. That'll be fun. So we'll do that. I'll keep that in the back of my mind. All right. All right. Well, here we go. Here's an, a, uh, speaking of windswept house, that's not what I wanted to do. Headline from the Western Journal, Bishop who barred Pelosi from communion gets horrible news from the Vatican. After the San Francisco Archbishop banned Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi from receiving Holy Communion due to her stance on abortion, Pope Francis has passed him over for promotion and elevated another bishop to the rank of cardinal, a prelate who holds an opposing position on politicians and the Eucharist. Oh, really? Now, here's what I read into this a little bit. Um, not this in particular. What I had read was that Pope Francis had nominated uh, or elevated promoted i forgot how many how many uh, uh archbishops to the rank of cardinal which is very important and also it contravenes something else there you know uh you you know about court stacking and court packing over here in the united states we talk about it a lot how they want to expand the courts to make sure that everything that they write in executive order becomes law by judicial fiat and all that stuff well, the same thing goes in the, in the Vatican with uh, this this cardinal uh, this College of Cardinals. Apparently, there's a limit of only 120 cardinals, and Pope Francis has given promotions to drive that number up to 133. And these are the types of people who are getting the promotion. So, as he continues to get older, he's in his late 80s now, and supposedly not very well health-wise. Definitely, definitely going to make sure that the um, an even bigger antichrist has a has a has a uh, chance of becoming pope after this. So there you go. There you go. Um, New York Post: Disturbing reports of sexual assault in the metaverse. It's a free show. They just can't keep getting away with this. It can't be allowed. Disturbing accounts of women being sexually assaulted and harassed in the metaverse are racking up. They're racking up, ladies and gentlemen. According to online watchdogs, a 21-year-old woman says she was raped within one hour of being in the metaverse. <laughs> she, was, she was raped. According to a new report from some of us, a nonprofit advocacy organization and online community that campaigns to hold corporations accountable for a variety of alleged infra infractions. The report tilted or titled Metaverse, another cesspool of toxic content. 
takes a deep dive into allegations of women being virtually gang raped, hate speech and content moderation issues at Meta, the controversial rebrand of Facebook. I don't even know where to start with this. Because on one hand, the internet is, you you will never be able to regulate it to make it, it, you're either going to destroy it completely and I, I just don't know. I don't know. You can't stop. You can't take anything really from comment sections and everything. You can't really take anything to heart. Compliments, criticisms, you have to just take it with a grain of salt or ignore it altogether. If you're going, I, and then as far as all of the uh, the teabagging goes on on video games and meta, I mean, I don't, I don't know. Is there a block button? It, 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 it actually, it, it's like more of what we're getting out of with, uh, with Star Wars now, too. It really is. I, I can't stand it anymore. I was watching, I had some people ask me, hey, Frank, what happened with, uh, well, how'd you like Kenobi, the Obi-Wan Kenobi thing that came out? Because they released the first two episodes on Friday. And I gotta say, I just don't, um, I, I was excited about it, the potential, and then, of course... It was ruined. It's being ruined right now by politics. You got this this woman, Moses Ingram. She's a black actress who plays a lead role as one of Darth Vader's inquisitors. And uh, she's supposedly receiving racist backlash. And I would bet anything that it's the commies desecrating their own churches again, keying their own cars again, hoping that the fallout will be useful promotion. Because, you know, and it's, uh, it's not that... Now, and I'm not saying that Ingram is sending herself racist messages, but this has just been the Disney crutch since they acquired Star Wars and ruined it. All right. You, if anybody's ever been out to a comic book convention or anything like that with a friend, yourself, it doesn't matter. If you ever hung out with Star Wars fans, the KKK, they are not. Star Wars fans were first hooked by the story, by a story that had strong leading characters that crossed all lines of race and sex all of them and then if you and if, then if you were really into star if you're really into star wars then you've got you've gotten into the comic books the legends novels everything and uh, the animated series it is just every character you can think of every kind of character you can think of man woman Black, white, orange, purple, squid. It it just, it's ridiculous. So naturally, some Star Wars fans, you could, it's trending on all all over the place right now. Some Star Wars fans are falling over themselves on the internet to take turns making their strongest denouncement of one ism over the other. And now everyone has pretty much been challenged to amplify what they would have naturally thought about this Reva character played by Moses Ingram. And to be honest, I really think as of right now, her character and 10-year-old Princess Leia are pretty annoying. They're pretty obnoxious, just from these two episodes. And it's not because they're girls. I think mostly because modern liberal writers cannot write female characters with flaws anymore. They can't do it. And if they do have a flaw, it's that they're too powerful. They're too powerful, they're too aggressive, they're too witty, they're too razor-tongued, and they have to learn how to dial back their greatness. That's, that's, that's really what it is. 
And never forget, for those of you out there who like Star Wars, and I'm talking to you directly, it wasn't until Disney bought Star Wars that any of this pointed brand of political messaging ever showed up. Never, ever, ever. We got women, men, I said every color, every hue, it didn't matter, but Disney and their army of activist actors and directors, Kathleen Kennedy, the producers, um, the writers, they could not help themselves but force feed this shit to people on screen and off screen. On screen, you know where that happened in a lot of the sequel films. Off screen, they almost ruined really amazing films or, or, or like a amazing film like Rogue One. Rogue One was great, but but because it it, uh, it was released two months after Donald Trump was elected president, the writers of Rogue One had to come out and tell everybody, give everybody viewing instructions on how to look at the film. They said they said uh, look uh, pay attention that the 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 bad guys is a uh, a white an all-white fighting force, because the stormtroopers wear white, and that the Rebel Alliance is a, uh, a multicultural, uh, diverse fighting force, and blah, blah, blah. Like, oh, God of mercy. They almost ruined it. They, like, they tried to ruin it. And then, of course, and then, of course, when people don't respond, and they start seeing this pattern forming and getting stronger and stronger they start blaming the audiences for being bigoted when their shitty stories and their mary sue characters fall flat on their asses and this moses ingram thing is just another layer of horse shit and it ties into the kind of the kind of uh the kind of pearl clutching over metaverse as well stop living in a digital world stop living in a digital world all right you don't want to get digi raped please you want to talk about a, a realm with no accountability that you're always going to have something to complain about. Get the hell away from the internet. Well, let's start this one off. I have uh, a little bit to do on the Hillary Clinton end of things, as you might have heard. That's why we haven't been covering the Sussman thing too much on, on this show. Because I just had something in the back of my head that says... Just concentrate on something else. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Share the show far and wide, whether you're listening live or on demand. Yes, it's Tuesday. Go ahead, Watchtower. This is the Joker speaking. You're tuned in quite frankly. When you see the ants, remove your pants. <laughs> You let one ant stand up to us, then they all might stand up. Those puny little ants outnumber us a hundred to one. And if they ever figure that out, there goes our way of life. It's not about food. It's about keeping those ants in line. That's why we're going back. Does anybody else want to stay? Let's rock!
cards. It's a very sturdy house of cards. You ever build a house of cards? I have ha I have had some some attempts at houses of cards. I've I think I've been able to do a few that were pretty impressive. I've never been able to stack a whole deck though. Maybe a half a deck. I just I don't know. I just don't have the surgeon hands for it. But I'll tell you something, my friends. The House of Cards that has been built in DC has a foundation of concrete. Concrete. Sometimes that concrete is fashioned around your shoes. Listen to this. Here's a uh, this is from Radar Online. Second shocking death tied to bizarre suicide of Clinton slash Epstein Pal. This is by Douglas Montero a couple days ago. A second bizarre death has been linked to mysterious Arkansas suicide of the former presidential advisor who introduced Bill Clinton and billionaire perv Jeffrey Epstein. All, and only Radar has the shocking details of the rapidly growing body count. Ashley Haynes, 47, found drowned in Arkansas River with an extension cord knotted to her ankle attached to a concrete block. Just months before businessman Mark Middleton's body was discovered hanging from a tree with the style electrical cord wrapped around his neck and a close-range shotgun blast through his chest. Is this true? You gotta imagine something is true about that, right? Ah, well, either way, if that's the case, then this Sussman guy really didn't have too much too much on the uh, on the dirty side of information spectrum because this was pretty easy you just leave it to the the DC jury here let's get to it AP Clinton 2016 campaign lawyer acquitted of lying to the FBI that's right just over and done with nothing means it's <laughs> just over and done with so here we go, a little bit here. Remember, he testified that Hillary actually gave the green light to spread the fake Alpha Bank story about Donald Trump to really start bolstering and, and putting out this Russia thing, which was all started and game-planned by Robbie Mook, by John Podesta. This is just, it's incredible. So here you have it, acquitted of lying to the FBI, though he did lie to the FBI, and so did Hillary Clinton. They're, they're peddling lies. A lawyer for Hillary Clinton's 2016 presidential campaign was acquitted Tuesday of lying to the FBI when he pushed information meant to cast suspicion on Donald Trump and Russia in the run-up to that year's election. Man, you remember when they really cared about lying to the FBI? Oh, what they would do to throw somebody away, what that meant. George Papadopoulos and his week and a half in, in, in prison, they wanted, to, they wanted to skin Michael Flynn for the entrapment there. But, you know, that's just part and parcel of being in the FBI and trapping people. Here's a little three-minute read I want to get to you. This is from The Federalist, written by Jordan Boyd. Headline, Trial Docs, Sussman edited FBI, uh, FBI press release about the DNC hack because it undermined the DNC's narrative. Okay, he's, he's editing FBI press releases, mind you. 
Documents released during Michael Sussman's federal trial show the FBI solicited advice from Hillary Clinton's lawyer on press release de- describing the intelligence agency's awareness of the Democratic National Committee hack in 2016. Well, why not? Why not? They didn't actually even investigate the hack. They just took CrowdStrike's word for it, which is essentially like taking Hillary Clinton and Google's word for it. The original press release sent over to Sussman by Jim Trainer, the assistant uh, director of the FBI Cyber Division, noted that the FBI was aware of a, quote, possible cyber intrusion involving the DCCC, or the Democratic National Campaign Committee, via a, quote, recent media reporting. Here's a quote. Michael, our press office is once again getting a ton of calls on the DCCC matter. A draft response is provided below. Wanted to get your thoughts on this prior to sending it out, Trainer wrote. This is the FBI talking to the Hillary Clinton campaign. Uh, in his reply, Sussman asked the FBI to change the first line of the press release to reflect the DNC's messaging on the hack. He explained that he preferred a more definitive statement that made clear that, quote, the FBI is aware of the cyber intrusion involving the DCCC that has been reported in the media, end quote. Quote, the draft you sent only uh, says only that the FBI is aware of media reports. It does not say that the FBI is aware of the intrusion that the DCCC reported. Indeed, it refers only to a possible cyber intrusion, and in that way undermines the DCCC what it said in its statement, or at least uh, calls into, cl- into question what the DCCC said. Because, of course, there could be no question because that was going to be the story for everybody. That was going to be it. That was it. Sussman wrote that the other implication in your statement is that uh, is that it could benefit from updating is that the FBI just now is looking into the nature and scope of the DCCC matter. In fact, the FBI has been aware of the DCCC intrusion for some time and even previously received network indicators from the DCCC, i.e. CrowdStrike. And there you have it. After just one day of deliberations in D.C.-based federal jury, with a D.C.-based federal jury, they found Sussman not guilty. Uh, mind you, the jury included several Hillary, Hillary Clinton donors and a parent of a classmate of Sussman's daughter. So they really, you have to, you have to wonder what the hell uh, John Durham's people were doing during jury selection. So. There you have it. So I, I just look at this and I say to myself, it's it's truly incredible to think that we were once we were once going to get Hillary Clinton herself. Man, we really I, I believed it. I believed that it was it was possible and we were getting closer and it was just because it, it was impossible not to to see what was going on and where all of the money trails led and hell. I mean, this is too obvious for them to look away from it. And then, of course, I mean, I I guess I should have lost all hope when, no, 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 because that was too early on. James Comey on July 5th, that should have been, uh, that should have been the indicator what they were willing to do, but that, that's when they thought that she was going to be president. That didn't happen, blah, blah, blah. So we can't even get a Clinton errand boy to spend a week in jail and to think that there was a time that we thought at any day now, but it's all right because we got the next best thing. We got Paul Pelosi. We got Nancy, Nancy uh, Pelosi's lush husband, 
But not for insider trading or any of the other serious shit that even they're involved in. No, he had a few too many martinis over the weekend and now had to pay uh, $5,000 in bail, which we all know that Nancy and Paul have at least $5,000 worth of gourmet ice cream in their refrigerator. So (laughs) this is what we have. And that is why the shows that we did on Friday night with Zoso Dude and Anthony with Saturday, those are so important. Those are so important. It keeps the soul strong and healthy. All right, let me look at what's going on. Trying to get a... Bringing in a good friend of ours now since it is already 720... That's 726. Let's bring him in. Rich Barris, are you there? Rich? You hear me, sir? I can. Am I on? Am I on, Frank? You're on with me. You're on with me, man. <laughs> hey, man. How's it going? Oh, it's going all right. How's your uh, How's your Memorial Day? How's the family? Did you guys have a wonderful time? You know what? I did actually. I got to tell. I, I I smoked a brisket. Laura made burgers because she makes them better than me. That's the truth of it. That's right. I'll admit it. I'm man enough to admit it. Laura made the burgers because she's better. Uh, I made a brisket. It took a little bit longer, but it was we had a nice time. That's the kids great. Were in the pool, it was it was good. I couldn't. I can't complain. I couldn't complain either. And I I was breaking in a new grill myself. I got I splurged and I got myself a Weber, because I don't. Nice. Uh, yeah, because I, I can't I can't I, I hate throwing out grills every three and a half years because they're dry rotting anymore. I figured it'd just be a, yeah. a, a saving some money. So um. But yeah, I, uh, yeah. I I cooked a fillet. wasn't that bad, and we'll go from there. Ooh. Anywho, anywho, I have so many things to ask you because from the last time Let's we spoke, it. I mean, there's just too much. First thing I want to ask you is, there's these weird primaries. Of course, we, do we still do we have anybody uh, a, a winner in Pennsylvania yet? <laughs> I'll tell you what, and I'll say this: I've been saying this. And I know this guy, uh, Jeff Rowe, has been running all over the place. Uh, McCormick's still going to find the votes. For all intents and purposes, this race is over. There is no historical precedent to overturn a margin like Oz's margin. Um, McCormick here, this guy, Dave McCormick, who is, uh, you know, Jeff Rowe is his client. um, Or I should say Dave McCormick is uh, Jeff Rowe's client. uh, You know, is basically uh, playing the Democratic playbook. You know, I think he really showed us, you know what, on this one, Frank, um, because he threw in his lot with Democrats that ruling about undated balance, a little convoluted. But, you know, the, the idea behind it was simply for a very minimal amount of ballots. Maybe that could impact military service members. Um, you know, this is not something that was really ever intended for the general electorate, because why on earth can you not date your ballot correctly? Right. Um and if you can't, should we be counting your vote? I mean, let's get real for a second. You can't date your ballot correctly. Is there a problem there? Um, but in any event, this would be used against Democrats all over the country if this ruling were allowed to stand without pushback. That's why you saw the Pennsylvania Republican Party, the actual Republican Party, was no fan of Donald Trump, jump on board here. Because unlike Mitch McConnell, who views things about short-term power gains, they're thinking about the long game here. They're playing long ball. And if Democrats were able to keep this ruling to allow it to stand, you would see a very tiny number of undated ballots, ex- 
explode all across the country into uh, days and days of undated ballots dripping in, dripping in, dripping in. Um, but Dave McCormick doesn't care. Dave McCormick cares about the $50 million he blew of the CCP's money to get elected to the state of Pennsylvania. Hmm. I mean, this is, <laughs> it's unbelievable. You know, where statesmanship is gone. In, in, in not everywhere, you know, you did have, like I was just talking, having a conversation with somebody. In Ohio, you did have Dolan come out and say, look, we had a hard-fought campaign. I've been beat. Now it's time to unite around J.D. Vance because Joe Biden is killing the state of Ohio. Nah, you know, McCormick, he doesn't care about that because what are the little people of Pennsylvania? The campaign is over. We can stop pretending we give a damn about them now, and we can care only about, the you know, the millions of dollars we spent. I, it, it's really unthinkable well before unthinkable before we go to to georgia i want to ask you again about pennsylvania just uh oz and that mccormick and then the 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 dark horse candidate in uh barnett that was her name yeah okay i i i know that this is completely anecdotal rich but i um i got in touch with as many people as i knew or as close to as many people as I knew from Pennsylvania, and I, I always ask the question, uh, so are you voting in the primaries and are you going for Dr. Oz? I got emphatic no's from anybody, anybody I knew about Dr. Oz, um, and I, I just felt like the only organic real uh, candidate out there was this Barnett woman, and and, and then of course, it's it's Oz and McCormick neck and neck, and Barnett has not even 24, 25% of the vote. Did you see anything uh, weird about that, or was she really just a very isolated Look, Twitter um, phenomenon? I'm going to call it the isolated Twitter phenomenon. I really am. And uh, it depends who you were asking and where. It's very interesting to see who carried what counties and where. All right, Barnett um, did well in her backyard. She definitely did make an outreach in Lancaster. People mocked her for it, but, or sorry, Lancaster, right? They mocked her for it, uh, you know, outreach to the Amish. That's nothing to mock. It never is. And obviously it mattered there. There was a Trump loyal vote there, though, for Oz, and he, he actually initially carried that uh, county. What I think, though, happened, Frank, is she was met with that scrutiny, and I was one of them who applied it because, you know, I'm a veteran. I don't like embellishing military records. I don't want to get into it, but look, that's what she did. And under scrutiny, uh, there was the last week where uh, people did see, I'm not the only one, others did as well, did see her meet this like cat. And McCormick had been, I think Oz's campaign made a mistake. They saw the rise of Burnett and their pollster flipped out, you know, and started like, you know, telling them, uh, you know, the truth is Trafalgar had Kathy Barnett at 18% months, or uh, excuse me, weeks before you know, she had that great debate performance. She was making headway because of Doug Mastriano. Uh, they had been essentially running on the same ticket for a year, for the better part of a year. And I think Oz's pollster kind of wigged out, gave them bad information. They started to direct their fire, which I did not like. Hannity's uh, little, th that ploy, I did not like that at all. Uh, but they started to direct their fire at her and they lost, they took their eye off the ball, which was McCormick who is like playing this late last minute, see, I'm the reasonable one, uh, you know, and while my enemies are attacking each other, you know, give me another look. Uh, I'm, I'm really a reasonable choice here. And by the way, I'm electable. You know, he was making all that those arguments. Yeah. So I, I, I kind of did see that happening. I did see Barnett's uh, support rather capped. It's interesting when you look at the state of Pennsylvania, this idea that Oz couldn't win, 
the Obama Trump voter, which is what flips uh, these Rust Belt states the way they do. And in fact, he did. I mean, the counties that were the most Trumpy, which means, you know, once upon a time, there were Gore strongholds, Kerry strongholds, Obama strongholds, and then Trump's took them from the Democratic Party. You have Lackawanna, Luzerne, uh, Green, Monroe, Pike, right? And that all the way in the Northeast and then in the Southwest. Um, you know, and you have the conservative areas, and that's why they call them reading the tea leaves. You have the conservative areas, uh, you know, that are in this northern part of the state, even the central part of the state outside of center, uh, literally the county center where the college is. Uh, and basically, this is why, and just to give you some numbers, the early vote lead for McCormick was stronger than expected. It was eight, about 18 points statewide. Um, and then it started to, as late arrivers started to come in statewide, he won the early vote by about nine points. He was losing the election day vote. So when I started to see late arriving ballots in the wee hours of the morning, they were doing much better for us. So for instance, Erie County, he had a six point lead initially in the early vote in Erie County, he being McCormick. But when those late arriving ballots were coming in, they were basically even. So what was telling me was that Trump endorsement, those people who decided late, they really did pick Oz. Well, those who decided late and voted by mail, they really did pick Oz at a higher rate than the early vote that McCormick mm. spent millions of dollars on his ground game to bank, right? So he, what McCormick was trying to tell us all, we have to wait for every vote to be counted. Everyone knew the margin was going to shrink, but for it to shrink that much, knowing how much is estimated out, and then to see he would have needed that statewide nine point lead to hold to even get within the point where he could close uh where he could flip you know by like a 50 to 100 vote margin frank so once that nine vote uh lead evaporated there was no way to do it and then the seal was done it was done for me put a fork in him he's done when we were waiting on 27 precincts in allegheny the first 21 come in and oz beats him in it Allegheny was McCormick's strongholds, where Pittsburgh is, uh, the suburbs of Allegheny. McCormick did very well uh, in the early vote there. But on some of those Election Day precincts, the Steelworker precincts, Frank, okay. they went for us. Well, let, let, let's... It let, was incre- it's just unbelievable. I, 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 yeah, and McCormick is like, we got to wait to count undated ballots. I know the 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 dragging of feet, the prolonging of the whole thing was just I don't know. It it, it really made me uh, really made me kind of twist in my my seat a little bit. I'm telling you, I'm the appearance I, of impropriety. Yeah, right, it, Frank. It, it, like, absolutely. This is why we have prosecutors step down? It's not whether there is a problem or yeah, not. Yeah, it's if you're that incompetent or if it's that dangerous of an appearance of impropriety, then that's the problem with the system itself. And now don't tell me that they weren't waiting to see what that break was. They just announced in Allegheny, we're not coming back till Friday to finish the count. They were waiting to see how much early vote they needed from McCormick. Come on. Well, that's the, the other thing there. trick in the book. In, in Pennsylvania, you at least had this guy, Oz, which, uh, I like I said, anecdotal, but nobody I knew liked him. And, but there is that, that Trump endorsement factor in Georgia, yeah. what the hell? You have Kemp and this rough, roughless burger guy who were huge, yeah, huge yeah. Uh, as far as it being exposed for something other than they are, than they uh, they show themselves to be. They are not people that I would trust at all. And 
it seems like they have gotten more votes than ever before. Like, can you explain their victories <laughs> down there? I'll tell you, Frank. Because I, I don't trust anything of out of these states I, anymore. I think there. I think a couple of things, um, and there were, and this again drove a lot of stuff. Like even on my locals community, they're looking at what I'm looking at. One minute, Appling County is reported with seven other counties. Uh, Kemp is at 52, 67% of the early vote counted done in. Kemp's at 52. They all vanish, right? And even it, it, look, they, we were told it was an API era, but after a while, people are just like even telling me, "Come on, Rich, yeah, right." You know, so like even with me, I can't convince people anymore. This is the problem with how we incompetently conduct these elections. It's not it, even if I were to tell them everything was up and up, they still wouldn't even believe me. So that's how much they've damaged the trust in the system. Um, but I will tell you a couple of things that I did see, because about 14 days before the election, we polled it for CD media. We had polled it uh, in May, early May, uh, really right around the turn of that month. This is a little bit weird for me. In that period, the first one, the second to the last poll we did, Kemp was looking like he was going to run away with it, not with 70%, but definitely did look like he could get in the upper 50s. We do, we go back into the field, 14 days before the election, we come out of the field and we have Kemp at about 53%. 53. Other people who are, yeah, about 53. But falling, heading in the wrong direction is like some people decide. Purdue we had in the 20s. He wound up getting in the 20s. Uh, you know, Candace Taylor, we, we were right on the money with her. It would have had to be that Brian Kemp got every single undecided voter in our poll. I mean, maybe even plus some, peeling some away for some lower candidates, Frank. I'll be honest, I struggled to find a situation in which we were able to repeat that in history. And I look back to see if that had ever happened before because there still were so many independents, about 16%. I mean, undecided, there were still so many, about mm. 16% in the time of that last poll. I, I'm not able to duplicate it, but even if I was, that would still only be about 69%. So if he got every single one, I will say this too, though, it sometimes can be just an incumbent election. And there were a lot of voters that hadn't voted in primaries before. 60% told us in the poll they didn't know who Donald Trump endorsed. So there is something to be said here. And I had to be honest and tell some people when they asked me about it the next day, like what the hell happened? Well. What happened is Kent was on the airwaves for a long time and wasn't answered. When six out of 10 primary voters tell me that they don't know who endorsed Donald Trump, but Donald Trump laid those endorsements out three months ago, two months ago, you have a communication problem. You did not do enough. I mean, it's, there's just no, I, I really don't know what else to say. I was stunned, Frank, when I saw those numbers. Okay, so I mean, that- How is this possible? And I also think there's another part of this. Trump's endorsement is more impactful in certain areas of the country. Sunbelt's not one of them. Well, I, so then let's get away because obviously there's, there's probably tons of people in the chat room like, oh, I can tell you what it was, uh, Rich. There's a lot of, it's like a criminal operation that does not stop. But, you know, I was. <laughs> I mean, and I, that wouldn't surprise me. Uh, all, here's the thing. It's why I said in the, it's in the not opening. It's normal for vote shares to be the same across the damn state. <laughs> yeah. And, and this is why I said in the opening when I was, I was talking about you being a guest uh, tonight, I said that, uh, that really it's just. You are a person that that polls people on bullshit believability. Um, yeah. mo- we're so inundated with stuff, 
and you, you just don't know who has heard what. And, and, and for those who are paying attention to what official channels are broadcasting about one issue or, or another, it's interesting to see who actually buys it and who looks at this with skepticism. And, yeah. and then you have something like this that comes out. Real quick on, on the elections, because then I want to get into polling on things like abortion and Ukraine still. I want those updates. But 2,000 mules. I mean, yeah. I mean, this when I'm watching this Compelling, for myself, and, and I said to myself, "Oh God, I got to talk to this about Rich." I mean, yeah. h- how are you, as as a man who's supposed to go out there and do this kind of work, to <laughs> to throw in your two cents to understand where the country is going, and you see this kind of an operation being run, and this is really only a, a thumbnail sketch of what the total would be. I mean, that's what you're up against. That's what even you yeah. are up against. All I can do is do my best in that, you know, I mean, I can tell you without a doubt that women in Maricopa County in the final week and a half before the election broke to Donald Trump three to one in our polling. So the undecided females in Maricopa who decided Arizona, it was so close, uh, they broke for Trump three to one. And yet somehow, you know, we have the result we have. 2,000 mules is very compelling, and the effort to debunk them by PolitiFact and the AP and the rest of them is a complete joke. And the fact of the matter is, this is what PolitiFact does. They have smeared me before. They don't even know what the hell they're talking about. They don't even understand the terms that we use, and yet they seek out these experts. You know, I think they do it on purpose. I do. I, I, I don't think they're in the business of fact-checking anybody. They're in the business of narrative-making. The fact is... That data, as far as geolocation, is extremely accurate. As in, to three meters, Frank. Three meters, tops. So it is extremely accurate, and that's why uh, we've had uh, people in, you know, Chief John Roberts, for instance, wrote an opinion uh, lamenting how dangerous it is that the cell phone companies, telecommunication companies, were able to track our movements to that point, uh, especially if they work with the government and give the government that data. It's a very serious concern for the private citizen and, and privacy rights, Fourth, Fourth Amendment privacy rights. Uh, so that was nonsense. Secondly, they want you to believe that somehow these people had, you, they want you to give the benefit of the doubt to, they, it, on, it would be the equivalent of telling the police that you have this like strong evidence, but uh, you know, bottom line, you have to give the criminal the benefit of the doubt. Yes, he came out of the house with blood on his hands. Yes, we found the knife in his room. Yes, somebody's dead in the house he came out of, but you still didn't actually see. You don't know <laughs> he actually murdered the person. I mean, it's cr- it's crazy, Frank. I mean, this concept that they would go to these areas of activists uh, and then end up around that Dropbox a million, you know, not a million, I don't want to embellish, but so many times like that. And yet somehow we're just supposed to give them the benefit of the doubt that that is somehow their normal routine is ludicrous. No. Ludicrous. Yeah. The fact checks are not legitimate at all. At all. And by the way, this is what PolitiFact did with me. I simply tried to point out, you're like, well, no, there's no, uh, there's, you know, there's no uh, way basically that, um, you know, they could, they could, you know, manipulate mail-in balloting when, when it comes to change of address flags. And I was 
making the point that not only can you and not only are there enough of them there to do that, it would be rather easy. And they didn't even understand what a change of address flag meant. And they just smeared me to say that I was, you know, every single, because there were about 140 plus thousand change of address uh, flags in Fulton County. And they just took that to mean I was saying that all 140,000 were fraudulent. So they play these games. You know what I mean? They, They don't, they play games with the meaning of words and they and they make these like crazy assumptions and so they didn't care by the no. way hat tips hat tip to snopes who basically fact checked the fact checker they called me and they asked is this really what you meant is this what you were saying I'm like no this is what a change of address flag is here is the voter file here is how many there are and they 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 knew it man they were like wow that was even snopes was like, whoa, what a hit job. That's uh, that's all we have these days. Uh, you know, and, and speaking about that, now let's, let's getting away from that for a little bit here too because there's so many things that are, are, are changing. Obviously, the news cycle has turned twice at least since you, uh, since you came on. We were still really full on with Ukraine at that point. That's kind of taken the, the second back seat in the minivan at this point because now we're back to guns and, uh, and then uh, shortly, uh, shortly before guns it was abortion. So I, I want to ask you first with the second back seat question of Ukraine. Um, starting to get hints of transition out there. Uh, Kissinger Suggesting yep. Ukra- Ukraine should just, you know, uh, give up land to Russia for peace. Uh, about yep. a, we got a, nearly a hundred billion dollars thrown toward a cause with no chance of victory. But you know, um, but is any of that now that our economic and our supply line situation tightening a little bit more? Is there any signs of of people starting to become fed up with our prioritizing our 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 very strange and interestingly timed prioritizing of Eastern Europe over our own business here at home? You know, Frank, it's funny because I think we led the way here on this with polling. I did. Because we never, and I even came on your show and we talked about that we never found support for intervention in Ukraine like this. The polls were playing games with the wording. You know, basically um, playing on, Americans are very generous people, and they were playing on their uh, generosity when in fact they were not laying out the question the way that it needed to be laid out. We asked them a series of questions. Do you support uh, the U.S. military getting involved uh, in the, uh, and we even use their own word, the invasion of Ukraine if it means a potential a direct conflict with Russia? Do you support U.S. airstrikes against Russian targets in defense of Ukraine? Do you support lethal aid lethal aid which is in different uh in defense of ukraine and then only thing that they did somewhat green light and it wasn't even an overwhelming majority was non-lethal aid so basically humanitarian stuff give them a loaf of bread that's it and uh, one guy who who responded um and opposed it strongly had said are you kidding me don't you know it wasn't just a couple of months ago we blew 80 billion in equipment in Afghanistan and and, <laughs> and we want to there are seriously people that want us when we have an inflation crisis at home they want us to go and blow billions of dollars more in Ukraine that was always the sentiment and we always said you know if if 
at risk of potential conflict with Russia. The no-fly zone was a perfect example. They never explained, not in the beginning, to people what it would mean. So this $40,000 aid package, which was filled with a bunch of goodies for arms dealers and gun runners who fund Adam Schiff's campaign and the Biden family, Americans never supported that. And now it's only now that other other pollsters are seeing you know, uh, even Morning Consult, they have this weird way of asking it. Uh, should we do more or less? I don't know what the hell that means. Tell people what it is you're proposing we should do. And then ask them if they support it or they oppose it. And that is it. It's like really ethereal wording on surveys. It's it's completely meant for narrative. It's right. not meant to truly gauge public opinion. That Morning Consult, is, that's garbage. It serves no purpose whatsoever. Should and we by be the doing way, more? Even that is upside down now. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah, I'm just thinking about asking and trying to get some useful data out of that. I, no matter what the situation is, do you think we should be doing more? <laughs> <laughs> no. Stupidity, yeah. Frank. I, I, Come on. I'd say yeah. Well, uh, me, me, I'm, my, my knee jerk is uh, usually no, no. Do less of everything. That's what I think. But um, yeah, gosh. But they're playing. They're playing at their heart. They're tugging at their heartstrings. Yeah. You know, they're not making serious attempts to gauge where the public stands on certain public specific policy positions. Um, and I think you'll find that most Americans don't understand what we funded in the Donbass and Eastern Ukraine for nearly a decade. And when they, you know, when they do find out, unless they're ideologically uh, possessed, like Peter likes to say, um, then then obviously they're horrified by it, right? So it, it's a very dishonest, uh, it was always framed in a very dishonest light but it never was supported it never was it was that was a mirage and there is always a temporary increase you know it's like a rally around the flag effect there's always a temporary increase in support for conflict we're going to talk about gun laws and abortion soon when it comes to certain events like this there's always this like temporary increase in support for war for gun laws uh you know for uh defending roe right things like that and then it recedes within weeks because it's not real. It's media created. People know the answer that they're expected to give. And the, you know, the question is worded extra nifty during those times. And it's meant to elicit certain responses and get a certain outcome so they could push it as if it's some kind of giant consensus. It's nonsense. Nobody would ever tell you that they are willing to spend money in Ukraine if it means worsening the inflation crisis, if it means another dollar for gasoline per, per, per gallon. No way. No way. Never was. And now they're coming along because they have no choice. So the polls are now starting to revert and reflect what we've always showed all along. So okay, so they're starting once again. They're catching up with you, and it, it always—it's always been that throughout the entire thing. It's just that you know the media will just continue to act and act as if people really are with them the whole way. But it's—and you do have those idiots, you know, maybe well-meaning idiots, yeah. but idiots nonetheless. I mean, there are some real. There's there's entire neighborhoods of simpletons around here, uh, and really rich. I'll tell you, rich. I I think the 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 they the, got the Ukraine flag. Oh yeah, I don't see I don't see stars <laughs> I don't see stars and bars around here for eleven months out of the year. Maybe sometimes around the fourth, you see the you see a little bit more over there. But I mean, there are some neighborhoods where there's more Ukrainian flags now than than anything. Uh, it, it's just because, like, as you said, ideal. I don't even know if it's an ideology, but they're definitely possessed. 
there's a possession that is going on there and <laughs> something yeah well well for example for yeah. example the the blindness the selective blindness as you brought you brought up over there too whether it be these uh, you know, the tens of billions of dollars to Ukraine for for one reason or another that's stated on the books but the the fact that there has been at least six months now with zero meaningful coverage about Afghanistan and what we left behind. As you said, we, we left behind a modern military. We, yes. we, we funded a modern military. I mean, $80, $80 billion in equipment. I mean, most militaries around the world get half of that in funding or less every year as their budget. That's right. And, and there's, no, there's nothing about it. I don't really think that we're out of Afghanistan, to be honest, but uh, it's just, there's just nothing there. It's just it's incredible how it just one to the next and people keep jumping from lily pad to lily pad um, before we get to I mean, OK, so then that's Ukraine. After that, it was abortion. Yeah. Um, what's the biggest takeaway from that big thing? Because it's not done yet. We, we have to have the uh, the ruling announced soon. But what, what's what your big I'd takeaway? Like point, I'd like to point this out. Uh, there are two big rulings expected uh, out of the Supreme Court. Uh, they're doing their June crunch because they got to get this done by the end of the month. One is on abortion and one is on gun rights. Don't you find that remarkably uh, convenient? <laughs> but I will say this, and I, you know, I hope we do have some time to, time to talk about yeah. the shootings because I have something I definitely want to say. But I'll jump on abortion real quick. We went around, uh, we asked about abortion at least once a year, year. you know, the, the, the designation pro-life, pro-choice. We asked about whether people support or oppose abortion during certain trimesters and stages of development. And I have been arguing this for a while that uh, those pro-choice rabidly uh, unfettered, rabid supporters of abortion unfettered across the board, they always vote anyway. You're not going to gin up turnout from like the youth who's dying to kill a baby because that was like our youth, right? That was like the, those people in the 80s and 90s who were raised to believe that a, that that a baby is a glob of tissue until it's like nine, eight months old, right? So th those people now are older and they always vote. I've been trying to explain this. Anytime Democrats do make it an issue, they didn't. They they last ditch effort made it an issue in Virginia, and Glenn Youngkin carried the abortion voter by eight points. So knock yourselves out has always been my point. And what we did again, asked about pro-life, pro-choice. Everyone is asking, do you support uh, opposing? Do you support overturning Roe? And it's basically like going back to the era of the coat hanger. Geraldo said it out loud, right? Mika Brzezinski went on her tangent. So they use this language, again, to try to elicit a certain response. But the truth is, the myth of the angry female abortion pro-choice voter, it's a myth. It's a media-created myth of women or of people, voters, who say and identify as pro-choice, which is no longer dominant like it was in the 1990s. We usually find it a few points either way uh, at any given month. This month, it was 46 pro-choice, 44 pro-life. Very close. Uh, last month, um, or two months ago, three months ago when we did, it was one point uh, pro-choice. And about five or six months before that, it was about two points pro-life. Just like Gallup now, very close. It is not the big gap that we once saw. Of people who identify as pro-choice, massive numbers of them actually, in fact, oppose abortion during rather early periods of pregnancy. 
of them, if you nest it by gender, it is men more than women who support it unfed. So you have liberal men using women as a cudgel, basically, in order to have the ability to abort a baby. All right, so at any period. And I'll give you some numbers, all right? Of those who are pro-choice, um, after a heartbeat has been detected. What we ask is, do you support or oppose abortion being legal during each of the following stages of pregnancy? After a heartbeat has been detected, first trimester, okay? Men still support it, 53.6. These are pro-choice voters only. Pro-choice women, a little bit less, about 52%, all right? Of those who oppose it, 25% women, 23% men. Close, but still more men than women are more pro-choice. On after doctors determine a baby can feel pain in the second trimester. Now we start to see numbers rise a little bit. Pro-choice men, 38% support it, 37% oppose it. It flips with women who are pro-choice. Only 32 and a half uh, support it, while 45% oppose it. Now we get into the final three months, late-term abortion, 29% of pro-choice men still support it, 52% oppose it, and that is totally different with women. Only 23 support it, 63 oppose it. This is only people who say they are pro-choice. Yeah. My whole point here is that they don't really know what Roe v. Wade does. We asked, do you support or oppose overturning Roe v. Wade? It was 55% oppose, 35% support. Then we told them what Roe does, and they answered these questions. After that, it was um, support Roe support Ro v. Wade by like one. It's like one point. So all of that completely vanished because they don't know what Roe does. They think it just keeps like the ability for, you know, I think the, they think it criminalizes abortion, period, and across the board if you overturn it. They yeah. don't understand I know. that it, in fact, opens the door for their own policies that they support. And by the way, these are huge. If you just look at everybody, Frank, 60% oppose abortion in the second trimester after doctors determine a baby can feel pain only 23 percent support it going back to the first trimester once the heartbeat has been detected 48 percent oppose it 33 percent support it and forget about late-term abortion it's more than seven in ten oppose late-term abortion I'll tell, I'll, I'll tell you, Rich. So, I, I, yeah, I'll continue, please continue. Sorry. I was just saying years we've been looking at this for years and the truth is most Americans just don't know the reality of the abortion industry, and they have no idea what Roe v. Wade does. Democrats in the media have been relying on these lies that they basically constructed this box for this debate in the 1990s. And Republicans are filthy cowards who are afraid to get out of this box and have this debate. It's very simple, I'm telling you. It's very simple, Frank, just like Donald Trump just like did in, in the debate versus Hillary Clinton. Hillary, you want to rip babies out of the womb. Such a nasty woman. It's that simple. It's that simple. And then people look it up for themselves. They find it out. Oh, my God. They really do support unfettered abortion. That's oh, yeah. horrible. Yeah. And that's where, the pe that's where people are. Americans do not support unfettered abortion, but Planned Parenthood's pushing. Absolutely not. And I don't know how much time we have left, but I did want to 
Oh, we can no, no, we no, we can keep. Don't worry, don't worry about. It. We as long as you're you're good to hang, we we can keep going. I, I'd like to just say, with all that stuff, it, it makes no. It does not surprise me whatsoever. Uh, both those things. That number one. That even with those who are pro-choice, that it is still, it's hard to beat out that that instinct as a woman to That's not right. want to kill your or your children. It's very hard to, to snuff that light out. Um, it's not also surprising at all to me that liberal men would be so more in favor of it since men were the greatest beneficiaries of feminism out there. I mean, you think about all the free pussy. Uh, it's just it's just what it is. <laughs> Uh, I, I, I think it was. I think it was. It's the truth, brother. Dude, it's the my, truth. Michael Knowles. They get to be deadbeats all day long. Seriously, and, and oh, I, I mean, in the in the long run, they're not beneficiaries because we know that the happiness scale of both happiness and That's fulfillment right. for both men and women are dead, are really down in the gutter because there really is less and less fulfillment in in inter interpersonal relationships and romantic right. relationships but I, I think Michael Knowles uh, was the one who joked that it was just a really really clever guy who was behind feminism because of the kind of transactional very uh, casual sex that's going on there and no strings attached it's uh, that that's just really it so that doesn't uh, surprise me at all it actually gives me a lot of hope there um, and once again once again, that it is just media projection that's trying to put up yeah, a blinding wall of disinformation about this. And I, I would also say that w when it gets to that point, why? You know, it, it's one thing if there really was a lot of support, there was a lot of support there. But if you're lying about the support because you want to be able to keep uh, legal protections in all 50 states to tear children apart and sell their body parts off, that sounds more like... A corporatist scam that wants to make sure. We asked about that too. In it's, we, not, it just sounds not like recently, but we have. So People what is horrified? So about about the actual, uh, the 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 sourcing of these the body parts, the organs, all that Without stuff. A doubt. It's industrial. Yeah, well, it, it's a billion dollar industry, Frank. It's a there's a few things going on here. It's a billion dollar industry, and also, um, frankly. When you promise certain segments of the population that you're going to take care of them from uh, birth to death, uh, you know, and you, you as the state, uh, you can't allow that size of that population to get completely out of control and to the point where the state becomes insolvent to meet those promises. Uh, so there's something very dark and sinister about the abortion industry that is openly in their history. And, you know, it, there's no other way to put it. It really is about... Sub, subjugation and 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 limiting uh the you know the population you know in certain segments of society you know Anyone you did who claims otherwise doesn't know the history you brought up it's not for your right i i, I they man. didn't want you in their society I, so they were hoping you were killing your babies that's it sorry it may have been three weeks ago you put out a thread I'm just remembering it now. I brought it onto the show. It was maybe a three or four tweet thread. It was it was it was perfectly said about abortion and especially about about the the rates between because of course they hide yes. behind they hide behind the this this um 
this purpose of being there to make sure that they can provide pro- uh, abortion for black women, black American women who need it and all that. And you went down into the, the makeup here of the, those who are actually seeking abortion. And when it came down to it, white American women are on par with blacks and they're hiding behind hiding behind the needs of a minority that they need to take care of to be able to distance themselves from, I guess, what their own responsibility, their own, the, the fact that this is really preferred contraception in a, lot of, in, right. a, in a lot of ways. It was your thread that brought that up. I read it onto the show. It was, it was perfect. And, and people, uh, you know, should go in and honestly check it out. I'll find it and I'll retweet it after the show. In fact, the matter is uh, only uh, you know African American women in uh, inner cities tend to cite economic reasons for abortion. Uh, white women who are very white younger women who are very much on par. Well, thank God, you know, the teenage uh, abortions are on the decline, stuff like that. But um, it is women who are in their twenties, uh, you know, who want to freely have sex. Mika Brzezinski said it live on air. She had no problem uh, flipping out after she realized uh, that that draft opinion uh, was legit. The fact is, it is white women privileged in their twenties. They don't cite economic reasons. They cite, I don't want it to interrupt my life right now. I don't want it to take a toll on my body right now. These are the reasons they that they cite. And it keeps saying black and brown, black and brown. The fact is, Hispanic women and other non-white, non-Hispanic, non-black minorities. So we're talking about Asians and Native Americans, Alaska Pacific Islanders, stuff like that. They are the least likely to have an abortion. So they keep scapegoating all of these minorities that don't have abortions. Black, unfortunately, black women who have, there is a, uh, obviously a very big problem with fatherlessness. Um, they cite economic concerns and that's tragic. But those white women are using them. Mm-hmm. That's the sad fact of it. And by the way, some of these women, lots of them, the percentages I put in that thread, they didn't have one abortion. They didn't have two abortions. Look at, I mean, it's horrific, the percentages of women who have had three or more abortions for contraception. It's horrific. And people are like, oh, it's only 17%. Oh, okay. Your Honor, and the same thing with the, the late-term abortions. 600, at least, 650,000 abortions in 2019. Everyone cites the uh, abortion surveillance uh, data. The fact is, large blue states like California don't obey it. They don't report to it. So you damn well know it's a lot worse than that. But let's just take their number, 650. About 10%, a little under 10, 9.7, um, basically we're, we're after this, the week that we consider to be late. And people say, well, it's, you know, it's only 10%. Oh, okay, only 65,000. That, 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 that's all. Your Honor, I murdered, I only murdered 30 people. Yeah, I put them in my backyard, you know, and the police are going to dig them up. But when they do, I mean, really, are you going to charge me as a serial killer? I only murdered 30 people. This is a nation of 330 million. What's 30 out of 330 million? Don't even feel it. Yeah. Sick ass twisted logic. These it is. Use. It is. I know, but, but that has to be learned. It has to be taught to even have this kind, this version of reality be something that even could be debated. You have to destroy the moral foundation, moral fabric, and, and, and hopefully 
clear it all out and build a new foundation for whatever the hell else you think should be in its place. That's that's what we're at here. Now, guns are definitely part of it as well because this is a whole other level. I, I think that broken logic is, is always on main, mainly on display when we talk about guns, especially since abortionists are so anti-gun. Um, I mean, there's so many ways you can find somebody tripping up on stances uh, that they took five minutes before on abortion that really conflict with their gun control narratives, especially when it comes to self-defense and bodily autonomy and, and, and of course, the, 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 the precious lives of children. That's another thing. But how have you been, how have you been tracking, of course, the, the, um, a, a new rash of gun control um, stories and tragedies in the news, which was pretty, I mean, it's just getting too obvious at this point for me, but how are you looking that's at this? Another, that, that's another thread, my friend. That's another thread in and of itself, because I am sick with anger, and I don't even know what the other emotion is. Let me just explain this in no uncertain terms. The media kills people with these mass shootings. And they know they're killing people, your children, and they don't give a shit. That's the fact of it all. The bottom line is law enforcement and academia have been telling media for years, especially since Columbine, that the way they cover mass shootings causes what is called a contagion. All right. They inspire other people to conduct mass shootings for notoriety, to get their word out there, whatever it is in the sick little mind of our that, that uh, of a young man, an angry young man that is being produced by our modern liberal society, and it triggers them. I did this thread after Buffalo, and I said, you're doing it again. You're doing it again. You're going to kill other people after this shooting. The media contagion day on average is about 13 days. It was 10 days. Hmm. 10 days between Buffalo and Texas. They did this. They know they did it. And they don't care. Sadly, what makes me sick, even people at Mother Jones had, to, up until as recently as 2015, had did some just wonderful work about this. They started studying it as, you know, what was called the Columbine effect. All right. But the bottom line is the FBI has begged them. Academia has begged them. They have given them standards, guidelines to follow. They don't care because the truth is your dead children are worth the sacrifice to them to achieve their ideological end, which is the abolition of the Second Amendment. It's that simple. Your kids don't matter. They'll sacrifice as many children as they need to to get their damn way. I said it, watch, because it happens all the time. And I just don't say, we reported on People's Pundit Daily years ago, and we cited tons of studies for people to look into. This is not debatable. This is what happens. They are sick, Frank. They want people to know about their manifesto. Life means nothing to them. You know what I'm saying? So, um, you know, the bottom line is uh, they, they really don't, you know, they don't, they don't care. You know I mean? They, they, it, it, all they care about is their ultimate end. Don't name them, don't shame them, but report everything else. Mm -hmm. They've had every every editor in every newsroom across the country knows this. 
and they have continued and it's not just recent this isn't like a new thing like a novel finding that i'm dropping on everyone on twitter this is known information relatively soon after columbine and they have begged people to stop it but they don't because parkland generates a temporary bump in support for gun control it'll vanish in a few weeks not if they keep it going not if they keep doing what they're doing just inspiring more and more shootings it's sick and the saddest part about it is the media inspired shootings are always more deadly than the initial trigger event Hmm. why because these psychos want to one-up the guy they want to one-up each other it's more notoriety well, Buffalo took out how many? I bet you I can double that. It's sick, man. And it is. again, they know it. They know it. They don't get. Yeah. No, the, the, there's... Laura's cursing at me for saying SHIT. Look, well, when it comes she's... to the, the <laughs> lives of children, Laura, stick it, honey. Yeah. All right? Yeah. See. Now she's yelling at me again. So, oh yeah. Well, I can. I, I wish that there was like a mirror or something. I can see the berate the the berating that you're getting right now. Hey, listen. I <laughs> I, I don't think anybody's going to hold it against you for feeling feeling this way. I've covered these types of. Um, I think the, the the mechanic the mechanism that drives this. I think it's a fool's errand to sit down and to pick apart each individual event because, I mean, I, what I do is I just I, I, I keep an eye out for common denominators. Um, and that is, of course, law enforcement failing at one thing or another. Everybody knowing who uh, the, the, the shooter already being known to law enforcement, the school, uh, very, un, very weird how every gun law that, there, that could have been or is out there was broken to get a hold of these guns. Just all these anomalies. But no matter none what. Of, none of these procedures that they propose, Frank, are going to stop. Never. This. Never. But like you said. They're, they are part the media, as I, I will always just describe them as a, uh, a, a clandestine military operation. And they're not that clandestine at all, to be honest. It's just, it's just really not actually anymore. pathetic how out in the open it is. But they are a military, domestic military operation right here who has, is plugged in with a greater plot against the culture. To, to, to degrade it to such a degree that all they need to do is sit back and wait for something. That, we are a culture that is made to produce tragedies. And once it pops up, all they have to do is concentrate the eye of Sauron right on top of it. And that's it. Just bring, <laughs> right. bring all of your cameras right to that one focal point and it make it seem like no matter if it's in, in the heart of Texas... It's in your backyard, even if you're in Alaska, even if you're in Bangor. It doesn't matter. They put all of their cameras on it, and it's in right in your backyard, even if you're 2,500 miles away. And this is what they do. They wait for this sick fucking society we have right now to produce tragedy after tragedy, and they will exploit as many people as it's going to take until they get what they want. It's, uh, I, you're, you're, you're spot Frank, on with that. It is a sickness, and that's the thing, too. People know it's a sickness, and even during times of these temporary increases in support for stricter gun laws, which will vanish, like I said, and there is no upside to those, by the way, because anti-gun voters who have this temporary increase, or those who vehemently hate them, again, those who vehemently hate them vote all the time anyway. The people who temporarily increase in support for it, they don't vote based on gun issues. In two weeks, they'll be over it and back to cost of living. You only, there is only downside for Republicans here and defenders of the Second Amendment because the Second Amendment voter 
hates being screwed and they will stay home there are second amendment voters who are one issue voters and there are a lot of them i showed this during the time donald trump tried to pull uh the red flag laws um you know when he was president we did a massive study we showed them here you, you'll lose every battleground state you will lose every battleground state so you better reverse yourself hmm. and the bottom line is it is more supported extra security addressing mental health is always more supported than these gun laws anyway which is amazing so even during these temporary periods where there's increase in support people will still tell you actually i'd rather have more security at the school actually i'd rather do something to deal with the sickness that is in our society because we are sick frank and here's the only stat you need to prove it the second amendment was ratified in december of 1791 the modern phenomena that is mass shootings began in the counterculture decade of the 1960s at 1966 at the University of Texas. So what happened over a 200 year period? The this biggest is- mass killing before, before Pulse nightclub wasn't even a firearm. It was a bomb. So, you know, I, I, go, I will go to the mat with anybody over these statistics. Stupid laws, you know, 21 and 18 to 21 year olds can't have rifles. They commit no crimes with those rifles. There is the isolated mass shooting event, four or more killed by one or more shooters. That's it. We need to find out what it is about these young men who, by the way, are losing, dramatically losing testosterone levels each year, somehow are growing up more angry and isolated and depressed. You understand what I'm saying? Like, oh, yeah. Th- this is, this is I, I don't know how people can't see. Don't you find it at all or remotely coincidental that these shootings started with the, ca- with, like, at, with the counterculture? Oh, yeah. And it started to go off the rails. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't go and and give it uh, and give it something. So I don't know. You said what changed? I said, well, uh, the CIA showed up. That's number one. I mean, that's also pushed these events. That's always a good start. Parkland. They were too busy climbing up the tower. They were too busy climbing up, uh, up the telephone pole outside of Trump Tower to do their damn job with Parkland. We hold up this crooked sheriff who is a a rabid anti-Second Amendment uh, advocate. He turns out to be largely responsible for this kid falling through the cracks. I mean, teachers know everything. They want us to give up the guns so we can watch the police officers stand outside the school and do nothing for 10 minutes. They want you to literally, look, look, I love the police. I love the police. But what I saw is an absolute disgrace. And you're going to hold back parents? I'll tell you what, Frank. I'll tell you what. You better get it. I don't care what school is a, no, a, a gun-free zone. If something like that was happening at a school where my child went, the police can either come in with me or I'm going to go through them too. It's that simple. Yeah. That's how I roll. That's it, man. You're going to stand. If you want to go in and do your job, then fine. Go in and do your job. But they weren't, Frank. And a mother had to break loose from her own cuff to go in and rescue her child. And you want people to give up their firearms that defend themselves, their families, based on the promise of protection from that? No, thank you. 
I, I got a friend. He's a candidate for office right now. I said, his store has been robbed three times this year in the past, well, in the past 12 months. The police have done nothing. This is not, this is not the time to give up your, not only right, but your means to defend yourself. Right. No way. Yeah, no. You, you, when, when you see that there is a, when you see the psychopaths, sociopaths, are on the prowl and are on the rise, and you do not take away tools from the least vulnerable, especially when you when you know that you're up against these types of people, and when you when of not. It, you just you just don't do it. It but then again, like you said, this is emotional. It's wave driven, and while this is all going on, I, I, remember I, parents, bring your petroleum jelly. Because they're going to handcuff you when you try to go save your own child. So make sure you don't have to, like, basically break your wrist like that mother and uh, br bring the petroleum jelly with you and slip right out of that puppy. Yeah, okay? I'm serious. I mean, this is ridiculous to me. This is ridiculous. This, By the way, this is not the first time this has happened. In Parkland, they did the same damn thing. And they put that cop on the chopping block, even though basically that's what the sheriff uh, told them to do. So, you know, he, he didn't suffer the consequences first. The police officer, the, the actual just patrol officer at the school did. You know, so this is something wrong with our security. And you know, Frank, I'm not born, but a silver spoon in my mouth. I'm sure you did not go to school at some, uh, you know, the club Ritz either. Okay. I, I went uh, to bad middle schools, violent middle schools, and violent high schools. There's one way in and one way out. The doors were locked during the day. Uh, there was a security guard there. There were police. We had to walk through metal detectors. It was not an inconvenience. It was a very, very violent, uh, you know, definitely weapons-prone area, yet nobody brought their burner in that school. Nobody. Because they knew they would get caught with it. And you try to sneak out and grab something. I remember her name like it was, I even remember her name. I remember her like it was yesterday. That security guard, she was... She kept us safe. She did her job. She got into fights with the fire department because she would chain the door like Joe from Newark to keep the damn uh, gangs out and the guns out, you know? And, and, it, and it just was a different time, but it worked. Hmm. It worked. Nowadays, they'd have a heart attack. It's a fire, uh, it's a fire violation. What, I mean, I'm sure there's better ways to do it now. Well, but her point was when, when you were control... When the entry and exit point and that's it and it worked frank it when you were coming up though it was not the canines. The canines. yeah the canines too well when you were coming no, up rich in, that's right they had canines, canines without a doubt when you were coming up though uh i mean i i know that when i was going through middle school and then you know floating into high school around in that mid to late 90s uh time that that was when we had friends here and there. Just to, we we hear that all oh, one kid over there is on Ritalin or somebody. We we that's when we start yeah. hearing about this stuff. Yeah. The other thing now is I had somebody write into the show last week at some point to say that uh, their their wife uh, or he works works in a uh, in a school in rural Maine. And you have these smaller classrooms of, of children, 75% of them on one drug or another. So uh, there's so many different layers to the chaos and to the problems we have. It'd be very, very hard to unpack. I, I, do, I know uh, since it's 824, I, I'll, I can't assume that you would stay on with me longer than 830. So I want to ask you for the last six minutes here. While all this is going on, we have a literal arch villain summit that is 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 going on in, in, in davos
every day, every day, it's just been one frightening declaration after another out there. <laughs> they're either proudly discussing ways that they're, we're going to be tracked and monitored within the next five years. Obviously, the, the bug diet, they want us eating bugs and algae, uh, censorship goals, world currency changes, population control. The guy from Pfizer said that they wanted to reduce the world population by 50% uh, sometime. With, I, I don't know what the hell's going on here. It's it's just ridiculous. Yeah. How are, is anybody paying attention? Have you been polling anybody? Are they paying attention? And and how is the uh, the overall feeling about globalism these days? Yeah. Generally speaking, um, well, I'll tell you what. If you just poll uh, the, without using the phrases, the buzzwords, and you just poll the general concepts of a, a nation state, nationalism, or America first, right, uh, and up against globalism, uh, globalism goes down bad not even close every time but i will say this that people not enough people pay attention to what goes on at these events the worst uh thing i heard was actually uh sent to me uh by viva fry the, the right dave the youtuber they don't even try to hide it anymore i mean they are they are outwardly saying it was just out of the mouth of one person this was a discussion they were having they were outwardly saying that under donald trump the wealth gap began to shrink and to them, this was all very problematic. And that it's actually a good thing that there's been a creation of uh, so many billionaires since COVID started. Why? Because it came from pharma. And of course, they're one of them, right? And so basically, it's this admittance that like, they use the pandemic to create a larger wealth gap, to hurt people, to try to erase, you know, um, that well, the middle class, because that's the only way the wealth gap can shrink is to have a, a, a strong and vibrant middle class. Um, and they lamented that happening. Yeah. It was out. It was just completely out in the open. Just completely out in the open. That to me was the worst, because that Frank tells me that they knew things were getting better for the average person. And they did it to stop that progress. You know, or they used whatever, because they never let a good crisis go to waste, right, Rom? You know, and they used that, like like Robert Higgs, the crisis in Leviathan. They used it to the T, and they did it intentionally. You know, I mean, that's the bottom line. They they did it consciously, I should say, is a better, better way to say it. Um, they knew uh, what the impact would be. They didn't care. I mean, so, Frank, a lot of this makes sense now. When you're wondering, wait a minute, we had a pandemic playbook. There have been SARS outbreaks before all over the world. Why the hell did we tear up the known proven play, you know, uh, handbook on how to handle pandemics and institute all of these radical, uh, novel, draconian policies that had no science behind them whatsoever? There was nothing behind it without pushback. Without pushback. And that's now, and, and that's a global really sense when you listen to these people. That's because they did it on purpose. It's a global operation. And when you think about global and you, you hear Klaus Schwab sit down with that guy from uh, Pfizer and uh, they, they can yeah. they can laugh and chuckle a little bit about being targeted by conspiracy people and and then just pretty much being uh, so comfortable in how the, 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 the rollout of this vaccine has just been water under the bridge and everything's fine and they've, they've pretty much gotten away with it. 
it, it makes. Well, they bought the media, Frank. They bought the media. They were never going to report on that data leak. That so what are we doing? Pfizer. Are we waiting for a? Are we waiting for an asteroid? Or what? What are we wait? Are we waiting for the asteroid? Are we waiting for the second coming? Where are we? Where are we to be? Uh, to get any kind of of, of retribution? Because that's that's the whole problem here. It's not only that we see what they're doing, but we also see the confidence, the the, the smugness, the smarminess, the the owning of the judicial system. I mean, the, the the fact that we couldn't even get a Clinton errand boy to spend a week in jail after. I mean, the the sus- this is a major problem. I just spoke with Barnes about this on, on the phone before it, I came on. We have been arguing for a long time, Frank. This uh, that this jurisdiction is gonna cause political violence because you cannot have this kind of double standard in this country. There are a few things that will destroy empires, Frank. This two-tier system of justice when you know that people eventually revolt against. Uh, you know, things like out of control inflation, housing that is unaffordable, rampant increases in gas prices. A lack of integ- a lack of trust and integrity in the selection of government. It seems that we have all of this right now, and these people are so careless, they're just ready to throw that on top of the mix as well. And Robert and I were just—we have been proposing for a long time that we need a special jurisdiction that handles political cases. Obviously, it's going to transpire in the District of Columbia. Obviously, they are incapable of putting i have a wealth of data on this and uh you know robert and i actually hope to present it to some judges soon because uh if they would just you know look they would see they're not capable of separating their opinions from the facts of the case what the jury basically said this time was i don't yeah it's not that we you know are disputing what he did i just you know what's the big deal (laughs) the big deal is you ruined michael flynn's life for the same charge you de- ruined Michael Flynn's life for the same charge, and he was not a government official at the time, like a career uh, person at the time. You know, I mean, it's just. Well, oh, you can't even bring to, to, to compare this to what they did to Michael Flynn is to also forget about the fact that Sussman. Roger Stone. Yeah, well, for, for, let's even just put, put all these people aside. Uh, the, the individual characters who were swept up in this whirlwind. This was part of the layering operation that became a three and a half year de- uh, destruction derby with the with the the Mueller probe and everything else. This was all part of the th- the, the 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 plan to legitimize this fucking Russia lie. And yeah. and they went out and they tried and and if they were able to entrap somebody and get a a inconsistent statement to the FBI, good luck telling them six years ago that lying to an FBI guy was was not big enough fish to pursue. This was their entire world, and now it's just Collu- a little- yeah yeah. Oh, Collusion God. truther David the bum from is uh, on Twitter right now celebrating this, celebrating it. Oh, it's a major hit for Durham and Barr. No, it's a major hit. <laughs> for the justice system, idiot. Everybody knows this guy was stone cold guilty. It's not even a matter of it. I mean, arguing his guilt, it was obvious. I mean, that some of the testimony was unbelievably shocking. They didn't cover it. You know, I mean, just, it, it, this is- We got he, Johnny he Depp. Celebrates it, like they celebrated the leak at the Supreme Court. As it, all of the people who claimed Donald Trump was destroying our institutions and our norms, are the very people who are destroying our institutions and our norms. 
Yeah, you can't, you know, the Supreme Court was the one. The, and we're getting to a point where really nobody trusts the justice system, left or right, unfortunately, because the left has their own gripes, right? Hmm. Now we have the right who knows damn well that they are basically second-class citizens under the law. They are. Uh, Hillary Clinton, if that was Donald Trump and Sussman and um, Robbie Moop, you know, had the developments that they had, basically just admitting she green-lined the whole damn operation. If it was Donald Trump, dude, he'd be in handcuffs right now. Right now! He yeah. subverted the presidency of a duly elected president. He'd be in handcuffs right now. With a conspiracy. A fraudulent conspiracy. Um, now, so everyone knows that you know, the right is essentially second-class citizens. But the Supreme Court was... We do the Trust and in Institutions Index every year. The Supreme Court and... You know, even the military is taking a hit now, but the Supreme Court was the last political institution that still had, you know, significant trust. And they did this. And I'll tell you right now, if we repolled it, because we pulled it right before this happened, if we repolled it, I guarantee you it collapsed. I guarantee you it. And so that's it. So yeah. they destroyed the Congress. It's it, it's a it's a den of thieves. The presidency is is a disgrace and a laughing stock, and now uh, the Supreme Court is a politicized bunch of hacks, with with overeducated hacks, who uh, you know basically put their lobbying career before the integrity of a two century old court, two plus century old. Court. It's just unbelievable you would even hey, do that. Right? I, put yourself yeah. ahead of like the court like this. What kind of person? Hey. What kind of a person? As you said, Think about it. As you said, this is it's what it is leaving us with is a very dangerous precedent, a very dangerous uh, realization that many people are going to come to. Where if there is, That's if, right. if there's no place to go to, uh, then and it's if there's no place to go to, it's going to lead to political violence. And I, uh, I'm, it's it, it's not a it's it's not a wish. To put that out there, it's let's just follow the bouncing ball here. I mean, you can yeah. you can stay you can turn a blind eye to what's going on right now, thinking that this is all fine and dandy and justice is being served. But you you are a a possessed, an ideologically possessed person, as you said. But this is going to be a real, real problem coming down the road, and I I think that's obviously what they're going to want because all, all we has all the makings of a. South African kind of style uprising anyway, and um, and we'll see what melts down first. Then then you have the supply and the economic pressures on top of that. Everything yeah. else, it's it's very hard to unpack. But rich it's powder keg, man, it's yeah, powder keg. It's rich. This has been a. We should do at least an hour once a month. I think this we should it should yeah. be. I'll tell you what, I was good to do that. I I I I, I usually I usually can be. I mean, you know, I just didn't want to always consume your show. No, but this was good. No, man, I did the, the hell the hell with it. Okay, so once a month, not tell only you're going to show make up. I'll sure I eat dinner first, and then I'll be I'll be good to go. Oh, I haven't eaten either, <laughs> so I'm I, I'm probably weak in I'm weak in the knees right now as well. So don't worry about it. We'll um. I've been I got my uh, weeks ago. I got my lazy butt going again, and I'm like, look, I'm turning the corner here on age. If I'm gonna get my muscles back, I better start doing it soon. Yeah. So you know, once I hit that 4-0, I'm like, this something's got to give, and I've been doing it. So um, you know, normally I'm not a big eater either. Uh, but now working out as much as I'm working out, I'm like, Frank. <laughs> 
the protein. The, I better get the protein bars or something. Lean and green, always man. Always hungry. That's Lean. right. And you know it, man. You know it. Tuna, you know, chicken, <laughs> grilled, not fried. You know, steak. It is what it is. Can you can you do you, can you handle steak? You you good with steak? You got it. Oh, I love steak. Oh, dude, get I, it up. I would never give that up. You I, know. I'm going to send you some resources after this. It's uh, really good stuff. I'm glad that you're Do it. you're going in on that, too, for, for sure, man. And this has and been... It feels good, Frank. It feels good. That's it the does. best part. I always tell when I was training people full-time up until a couple of years ago, um, I would always tell them, listen, uh, depending on what your goals are physically, whatever the hell it is, you got to give it time. You have to be easy on yourself. And when you see that first yeah. physical thing change, then that is the re- that's the real snowball of of uh, of motivation there. But the the first change that you always do notice, and it comes quickly, is a change in energy and mentality. Yeah. What, what, yeah. One, oh, yeah, man, yes. that's the biggest thing. And and you got to ride that. You know what I know is common though. This always happened with me. I know I, I, I you know it could be two to four weeks and I notice some pretty significant physical change and just muscle structure. Then I, I'll get to a point where I'll plateau and I have to work through that plateau to really get to the next level. Yeah. And I think a lot of people give up there. Because I know a lot of other people get to that point too. You can't give up. It sucks. You know, you're used to seeing like you know pretty significant quick gains. So we're we're a society of instant gratification, right? We crave instant gratification. Um, you know, but uh, and speaking of steak, Laura just texted me that my brisket is is good because okay. I made it and she didn't. She fell asleep before she ate it yesterday and I said, "Go eat yourself that brisket. It's delicious." <laughs> uh, but yeah, there we're like a nation of or a generation for sure of, of instant gratification seekers, and you know you have to push through that plateau to get to that next level. It will come if you just keep up. You know, if you keep it up. Um, and I, again, I. I think a lot of people quit there, and that that's tragic. Because COVID, if it taught us anything, Frank, it should have taught us to be healthy. It's yeah. that simple. I can't believe we didn't have this conversation. Yeah. As a nation. Well, well do we ever? We're, we're fat, man. We're listen, fat. We're obese. We're unhealthy. You you are into. You have to go and 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 poll people for all different types of wedge issues. Has there been any wedge issue that is just as big as all the top five or however many there are in this cycle of outrage? But what wedge wedge issue is really bigger than health care, universal health care, and the socialized this Obamacare, blah blah so blah? True. You know, we talk about health care all the time, but even that is just an empty word nobody actually discusses what health is we we just we just talk about these little initiatives that can once again expand the reach of all government influence it's never a an actual discussion about health and longevity and 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 what people can do without going and running to the hospital or running to a, a doctor for a prescription it's just always about power that's all. That's uh, that's so true. And what and what a a failure to seize the opportunity, you know, because we just don't have like real statesmen anymore, you know. So what a failure, um, you know, to 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 make a real change to uh, better and strengthen society, you know. I, this would have been the two, time to do two things: have a conversation about health nationally, and two have a conversation about what is essentially national security. That, you know, when this first popped off, 
we should never have been so dependent on other countries for basic things, PPE and you know any you know uh, antibiotic ingredients, uh, raw minerals, ridiculous stuff that you need, Frank, as a nation to really be a strong nation. Uh, and, and we didn't have any of those conversations. Well, we if had Donald Trump not lost, then uh, China would have been on bended knee because he had them there already. Uh, and and things I do believe would have changed uh, had Biden not become, you know, the president. I think we would have at least addressed that one, but I doubt we would have addressed personal health, which is really, you know, I mean that you want to talk about healthcare, like you just said, uh, you know, and the cost of healthcare and personal health. It all starts with personal health. Healthcare would be a lot less if there was a lot less of a sick. Well, I think that is the great thing about being in new media because that could be our that's our responsibility. We we get to talk uh, a little yeah. bit about culture. We get to talk a little bit more about good uh, movies and music sure. and 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 history, real good balanced history, and then of course health, the human condition. That is all up to us now because we know where the uh, the billion dollar boondoggles are going to point all their cameras at, as we talked about before, and. Um, and yeah, Rich, it's it's always a pleasure having you on. I cannot wait until our June engagement now. June starts tomorrow. and uh, It does already. Yeah. PeoplesPunditDaily.com. Tell people where to find you during the week. Yeah, uh, they can. Uh, d- the best place to check me out is on Locals, PeoplesPundit.Locals.com. You get, uh, you know, exclusive polling, embargoed polls. Yeah, you get insights and in how do we conduct them. Uh, it's a lot of, like, we got the book club, by the way, which we're, uh, which has been really a lot of fun, um, especially because we've had Ukraine uh, and, you know, this whole issue in the Eastern Europe. We've started to look over international relations theory. And actually, the first one was this one. I got it right here. Wait, you started Harold, a book club? Jack Snyder. I did. Jack Snyder. So did we. Of Empire is our first book. Get out of here. Really? What are you reading? Well, we're reading Windswept House by Malachi Martin. You got oh, it. Oh, yeah. I wish I, wish I had known. I would have done. You're I, on a totally different level. Well, well I would have done your. You're doing boring INR. Well, listen, <laughs> maybe maybe this is good because maybe I'll do a little book club with you for boring stuff, and then you can do some fiction with us. Like, <laughs> like I, I think, good. you know what, hey, Rich, you know what, you would be great for the next, because I know at some point we're going to do Brave New World. Um, Ooh, I, I think you really? would you would be great for insight on Brave New World as far as cultural oh, commentary. Yeah. Well, listen, I'm glad I, I learned about this. So People's Pundit Daily, find you on Locals, peoplespunditdaily.com. Yep. You've got a book club. You've got the – it, it's a daily broadcast, right? Yeah, well, we do – we do – we have a little bit funny of a schedule. But Wednesdays and Fridays on Rumble, on YouTube still, we are on Getter. We stream live together. Uh, and we do stream to Twitter still at people's underscore pundit on Twitter. Uh, but Wednesdays and Fridays always is inside the numbers, which will we we discuss a lot of stuff. But that's really too where we get in a lot of in depth about the polling. Um, Mondays, the first Friday of uh, the first Monday of every month, we do one of the odds that's coming up with Robert Barnes, and then uh, we bring the guys on from the gaggle for the second Monday. And uh, I know it's a little bit crazy. Uh, and then the the fourth Monday of the month, I go on theirs. Uh, so we we interchange a little bit. Uh, and then what are the odds is going to ramp up to every week as we get closer to the election? Once Robert gets back from vacation, that's probably uh, we were just talking about that. 
Uh, so that's, that's probably going to start soon because we have a lot of primaries, you know, that have happened yeah. and they're going to keep coming, you know, and by the, you, believe me, folks, the 2022 midterms will be here before you know it. They're, they'll roll around real quick. So, um, yeah, very, uh, you know, exciting, exciting stuff. Uh, you know, the, but again, though, the best place to get me is peoplespundit.locals com and you can become a supporter which helps a lot but you can also just uh you know sign up to become a member and check it out for us a lot of good conversation i can't wait i can't wait to go through the rest of the year with you rich and i, I it's always a great time when you and barnes get together i still would love to have both both of you guys on with me one night and uh because then we, then we I know gotta try to make that happen dude it, I, we can go from the, oh, dude. the 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 numbers the analytics the to law to hidden history we can go anywhere for that hour that would be awesome to predict it for crying out loud hell yeah and, uh he does some really cool stuff with the betting markets and you know i'm not a i'm not a, a a gambler i just never you know never really have been but it's kind of funny because he's he's a fantastic political gambler and i said honestly when we look at pennsylvania that day people just didn't really know how to read what are called the tea leaves in pennsylvania they just don't know how man they're just throwing crap against the wall to see what sticks and i'm watching predict it move this way that way it's you know 75 cents for mccormick and then it swings back and they really have no idea what they're doing <laughs> and i'm like robert is uh you know one Maybe I don't. I don't know if anybody else does it, and if they do, they don't do it as well, Frank. But well, Robert is somebody who breaks down uh, political betting, and and know, he and he and he does it all with a with picks. a does it all with a vest and a tie on too. So he sure does. So he he's, sometimes sometimes it's a bow tie. Bow tie. He, right? I'm telling you, very dapper. Very dapper. Yeah, always, always, Robert. Definitely dapper with the stogie. Well, thank you, guys. <laughs> thank you, uh, uh, Rich, so much. Send and send my uh, my best to Laura over there. She is a great producer. Will do. Please listen to her. Follow her lead. She's fantastic. <laughs> always, my friend. I will do. All right, I'll I'll see you soon. Absolutely. Have a wonderful night. A wonderful time with you tonight. And uh, happy June. Okay. Oh yeah, d definitely. Oh, and give your give my our our best uh, to yours. Okay, we'll do. We'll I'll, I'll send <laughs> the best some best time of your life, Frank. It's the best. It'll be the best time of you and Lauren's life. Trust me on this. I'm gonna send you some really some uh, some pictures and, and videos so we can all enjoy together. Laura just seconded that. That sounds great. We'd like to see him as a all. Oh, oh, that'd be awesome. All right, man. Well, listen, you're the best. I'll talk to all you right, soon. Man. Thank you. Talk to you soon, buddy. Later. So there you go. Rich Barris. That was nice. That's nice. So it's uh, 847 over here. I'm going to take a really quick intermission, come back, read your super chats, and then uh, and then we're off. We're off for the first night of the week, although it is a Tuesday. But um, if this was the week I thought it was going to be, I would have been off about 30 minutes ago, at least, to get into band practice. That's not the case. Things change. Don't go anywhere. I'll be right back. Welcome to Intermission. We'll, we'll be right back. Yeah. Intermission.
Quite frankly. 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 Not quite. Let's go, Brandon. I agree. Yeah. Quite frankly, in Roma, Italia. Quite frankly, you're going on Frank's show tonight? I really like you. You're very smart. So everybody watch. Quite frankly. With Frank. Quite frankly. How dare you? Over to the Super Chats. Now, remember, everybody, I have a brand new Super Chat URL. Well, it's the old Super Chat system, but I got a new URL, so it's easy for everybody. They always say, how do I do Super Chats? It's simple. You go to quitefranklysuperchat.com. I went out and I bought quitefranklysuperchat.com. It cost me $20 for two years. Quitefranklysuperchat.com is going to bring you right to where you need to be to contribute to the show, to contribute both monetarily and intellectually. Here we have from Shake and Bake says, Hello, Lord Francis. I saw your post on Telegram about the dark path to increasing the birth rate, and while... While intersexual dynamic isn't a main topic on the show, I think, I think, Ro, I think Rolo, Rolo Tomasi would be a good guest to have on the show one day, be seeing you. Intersexual dynamics isn't, well, I, hey, I'm, I'm, I'll take a look at it. Yeah, I put that into the telegram. It's, uh, it's pretty funny, but it's also stark as well. The dark path to increasing the birth rate, it puts into very stark uh, terms what we're dealing with right now with the state of sex for reproduction in the West, and it's it's sad. It's crazy. And we got a long road. Gino says, can't believe I forgot to do this beforehand, but can you please wish a happy birthday to the best mom ever, Lisa, from Saturday, 528. From last Saturday, happy Memorial Day. Much love to you and the family, Francis. How about those Rangers still going? I watched the Game 7 last night. Well, I was listening to it on Sirius XM for a little bit because I still had company over and we were having just some light conversation and a drink and all that stuff. And I just had it on because I knew that it was going on. And I didn't know what round it was. Because I asked a few people, I said, if they win tonight, are they going to the championships or... 
And like, yeah, 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 I think so. But apparently it's not. Now now they're going to the conference finals to play to go to the championships. So I don't know how many rounds of playoff hockey there are. But must be a few. At least three or four. So yeah, congratulations to Rangers fans. I was I was watching for a bit. It really wasn't much of a game. They blew out the Hurricanes in that game seven. So not too exciting. Unless, of course, you're a Rangers fan. Then you don't hear how you're going to get the win. You just take it. Thank you, Revolution says. Time to contribute to you now directly since all last week was to support Grace. I thank you for doing that, brother. I canceled a monthly subscription on service to uh, on... Uh, cancel a monthly subscription on service to offset what I hope and intend to be a daily tip going forward prior to prioritizing my expenditures oh well I'm just happy Rev that you find this show um, worthy of your hard-earned money and time time is the most precious thing that we have and the fact that I get so much of you guys and gals out there your time that's important. Of course, the time always turns into new avenues for supporting the show. Metrics are very important. Sharing it with people. The more people you share it with, somebody's going to become a sponsor down the line for a dollar a month. or And really, that little is how much it takes to, be, to really have an impact in, in our field, in new media. You think about the tens of billions of dollars that the networks need just to prop them up and to and to, and to be able to push all that crap out and to just to shove just to just to plunge that crap through the sewer systems. We are very lean. We are very lean in new media. So if you find something you like, support them with whatever is comfortable, and it'll go a long way. Tired head Texan says, "Love the show. Thank you so much, Texan." Over on Rockfin, we've got a tip. And that's from Patriot Angie for Liberty. Says, Rich is great. Every conversation that you guys had leads to mental, uh, mentally, um, wait, wait, wait. Every conversation that you guys had leads to the mentally unhealthy. I am a counselor and work with kids. If parents aren't destroying their minds, the system is. I'm going to try and lead an initiative to pass training and armed teachers into schools. No gun-free zone is a pass for those who have an evil mind. Love to you and yours. Blessings. Yes, and 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 I mean, there's always been evil people. And tomorrow we're gonna we're gonna take a deep dive into some stuff, the anomalies, the the common denominators that are popping up again. And uh, maybe even revisit something like Las Vegas. I also saw that Tucker Carlson had had a, uh, a Catholic exorcist on his show not too long ago. So I wanted to play that two-minute clip about the tales of exorcism. We're going to get that soon. We're going to get that on the air soon. It's coming. We're going to have the big exorcist night. No doubt about it. Okay, on to... Thank you, everybody, on Rumble for hanging out. And on the foxhole... Jay Jewel, great show. Thank you, Jay. Frank Frank Stanked, thank you. You know, for all of you who did not know, last night on Memorial Day, we had, uh, it was the still Movie Monday on, on quitefrankly.tv. I forgot to really push it out there far as far as I could. 
But uh, we watched Patton last night on QuiteFrankly.tv. And remember, tomorrow is Rabbit Hole Wednesday still. So we'll have a pretty interesting show. We will go down the rabbit hole at 7 o'clock and then at 9 o'clock. Who knows where you're going to be dragged. Thank you, Dr. Hoffman. Tom Ford. Look at all these wonderful gold pills and cookies and cans. Forkum Dano. Thank you. Stostube, always great to see. Rich Barris on the show, Frank. Thank you. Great week, Frank. Let's pray. I always want to have a great week with people. Thank you, Dr. Hoffman. Frank Staint again. Great interview. I nominate Rich Barris for Badass of the Day for June. You know, didn't think about that. Quite a few badasses come on the show. Thank you, Dr. Hoffman again. Ginger Goddess. That sounds nice. Um, Sean Joe, Dr. Hoffman, Judy the Lady Pug, be fruitful and multiply. My 81-year-old mother has a crush on you, says Dr. Hoffman. Oh, well, good. Good. That's what I like to hear. That's what I like to hear. Snowstube. Secret weapon. Thanks, Frank. Thank you. Thank you all so much. Well, I'm telling you, we've got we've got based grannies that watch this show. All right, this is is really a show. I have to like when I I learn about uh, people's family members that are older that watch and they get a kick out of one thing or another, and I don't scare them away. That is so amazing to me because let's be honest, and I'll be honest, it's actually nothing to be really dishonest about. This show is written with younger audiences in mind. A little bit who like a little bit more crude humor and all that stuff. And, uh, I mean, it's... I'm from another generation, you know. So I always uh, tip the cap to all the grandparents and great-grandparents I meet and hear from. I love it. I really, really do love it. And it also does... It does, it does ch- keep me in check a little bit. Because I am, I, I clean up very well. I am someone you never regret bringing home to the family or to friends or people that you, you, you need to be well behaved around. Never have to worry about that with me. So when I start realizing more and more that the show, that the audience is, is, has evolved in that and leveled out in that way. And we have all these, these crazy generational um, levels of, of viewership. Then I... It, it forces me to, you know, take a little bit of uh, time doing some nipping and tucking and and all that stuff. Don't want to go too crazy. So you guys kind of like dampen down my worst instincts. So thank you for that, all you based grannies and grandfathers out there. Don't want to let anybody down. I mean, I'm never going to clean me up completely. But... What are we going to do? All right. Uh, here. Look. 859. Here's Alibaba president J. Michael Evans boasting at the WEF at Davos about the de- development of an individual carbon footprint tracker. We're developing through technology an ability for consumers to measure their own carbon footprint. Oh. What does that mean? That's where are they traveling? How are they traveling? What are they eating? What are they consuming on the platform? So, individual carbon footprint tracker. 
Mm. Stay tuned. We don't have it operational yet, but this is something that we're working on. Oh, yes. No, they have it operational. And this is supposed to be, no, it's not supposed to be exciting for you. It's exciting for all the globalists who are, <laughs> very, mm, it's not here now. Well, we can't wait as they're swilling their wine, swilling their wine and, you know, you know, injecting beluga caviar into their asses. So they do. You get to a certain level of elite and you don't even put the caviar in your mouth anymore. You just shoot it into your asshole. I'm sorry, Grandma. I'm sorry, I just did it again. So this this is not a forum for us. But, you know, you can only discuss taking over the world in so many ways secretly. I mean, if you're actually going to try to take over the planet, then you have to have a coming out party. You have to have at least some, some sort of outwardly... I mean, an aura of legitimacy or best intentions. So you have to do this out in public. You have to. If you're actually serious about making a play for the world, you have to do this stuff. But tomorrow is another day, ladies and gentlemen. You've been fantastic. Fantastic. Thank you, Rich Barris, for coming up. Uh, Thank you, Caladan, on Rumble for just sending in a Rumble rant. In war, truth is the first casualty. You're damn right. 100%. And I'm looking forward to tomorrow now on this Wednesday, now that I know that I have a couple of more day, a couple of more hours with you. But um, AI Julian, or Al Julian, AI Julian, just says, about time I can contribute. And just sent in a super chat. Thank you for that. But we will see tomorrow. It's going to get sticky. But, uh, but yeah. 99, everybody. Thank you for kicking off the week with me. And that is it for us over here. Actually, that was the last day that you're going to see the Dancing Girl from May. That always happens. Dancing Girl from May going away. I don't know what tomorrow's going to bring, but it'll be somebody else that's dancing around. Bye-bye. I'll catch you on the flip side. Quite frankly, is filmed before a live studio audience. And now, our super chatter, starting with A.I. Julian, Shake and Bake, Gino, Rev Olution, Tired Head Texan. Thank you to Patriot Angie for Liberty on Rockfin. Thank you to Caladan on Rumble. And to all the wonderful people on Foxhole, who I am now going to release the scratching and scratching their backs. We'll see you in a bit. Thank you for Tuesday.